Hello and welcome to another episode of The Lavender Menace. I am Renaissance, one of your co-hosts. I'm tired but excited to be here and I'm still in St. Louis. Yes, I'm Sunny, your other co-host. And today we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but first obviously we have to address the state of the world because Roe v. Wade was struck down. Um, boom. A moment of silence. Moment of silence. TikTok boom sound. Literally. <laughs> or not boom, TikTok. Uh, what's it? Vine. Vine, vine boom yeah, sound. Yeah, vine boom sound. Uh, Put a finger down if you're scared. <laughs> like, everyone was scared. Every, everyone is so scared. scared. But you know, keep donating to your abortion funds. Don't mm-hmm. donate to Planned Parenthood or, God forbid, the Democrats. Like, Do not send politicians your any money. money. Like, Not even a penny. The way they're Don't even use open this, the email that asks for they're it. They're gonna use this to campaign for... Like, they've been using Roe v. Wade as a cam- as like a campaigning point, as a, as a uh, both reason. Both of our entire lives. To, yeah, Probably literally, before then. Yeah, for decades. And what's what's happening now? What's happening now? Anyway, so... Is the way that, what, Democrats... We have a, a Democrat president, a puppet. We have... Like, he's a walking dead man. Literally. Like, he... <laughs> I think the Senate and the Congress, Democratic majority. Yeah. And yet, Here look at are. where we are. And, and like, RBG is to blame for this as well. Because, mm-hmm. girl, why didn't you retire? You literally died, and here we are. Like, you're sick. And Obama's lack of action. Every Democratic president's lack of action since it was passed in, what, Say what you will about Trump, but he used those executive orders to get shit That's done. what I'm saying. Like, Joe Biden, I'm like, a tweet that went to my viral. What I'm saying is that yeah. Biden has got to be dropping these executive orders because... Like, why isn't he? He's sitting on his hands, like, How fiddling with his Trump thumbs. How many did Trump do in his... In his I don't even term. know. But to be so, honest, I mean, not that all of them like were slay amazing, or but that like, I know all of them. But like he Biden, did you could, shit. You could easily just be like, gas cannot be more than four dollars. You could easily just be like, also, um, just kidding. Abortion isn't overturned. <laughs> like what? You could just literally you could, could easily you could easily just sign a fucking document mm-hmm. and be like, actually, but he has to be alive to do oh, that. Oh right, right, right. You're not allowed to interfere with children's bodily autonomy me in yeah. regards to like trans kids and what they're trying to do mm-hmm. in all these states by passing these disgusting ass laws like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there's so many things that you could easily do but what are you doing banning jewels like banning jewels and also <laughs> tweeting what are we gonna do about this this is why you should vote. my brother in Christ you are the president <laughs> of the United States who's we who's we what are we supposed to do about this shit? Like, we are suffering under you funny how people literally you said i'll fix things people voted you into office they listened to you and now you're sitting here on your hands saying what are we gonna do about it we got zero covid checks covid's still running rampant terribly rent is atrocious like no one can get houses. There's no jobs. Like no one can pay gro- for gas to go to the grocery store for There's food that they can't afford for a home a with food a rent shortage. that's too high. Like what the fuck is going on? No here, abortions, bro? but no baby formula. Literally, baby formula, sixty bucks. Like what the fuck is going on? So it's it's it's, it's sad times here, babes. Hit it's up sad your times. friends who work at pharmacies so they, yeah. <laughs> they with their stockpile plan B, etc. Mm-hmm. And you know, build your networks, support people and look local look local because you never know when someone's gonna need to cross state lines to get mm-hmm. an abortion <laughs> um dead ass so yeah it's it's fucked up but there there's that 
Uh, on other news, Taylor Swift released a single. Uh, <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift released a single, and then within the next, 24 hours... Within 24 hours, Roe v. Wade gets overturned. And then... We were she, cheering. She quote retweets Michelle Obama's tweet. Of, of course she does. She is such a lib. It's actually fucking hilarious. She made little cookies for Biden-Harris or whatever for the election. So. Funny as fuck. Like, that woman is hilarious. Anyway. But then again, she had to... How bad did she have to fight to say... That she's a Democrat, like she came out as a Democrat and was crying, like no, sobbing tears in her management, begging her dad just <laughs> to like be a literal moderate, like. But you know, so honestly, like she's she's use she's as political as her management would let her be, and this is what we're getting. <laughs> literally, and that's why we think we can make her a communist. No, if we literally, just, if we just were able, it to would talk be to quite her. simple. But anyway, be. Carolina, we love it. We listened to it when it came out, like on repeat, like, and for then just maybe sat two there hours. in silence for two hours, like listening just to it. processing. And then it. every twenty or thirty minutes, I'd look at Sunny and I'd be like, "I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm, this is the best mm-hmm. song I've ever heard." Five seconds in, I was like, "This is it." And like, I've been anticipating how good this is gonna be mm-hmm. ever since I heard the first clip. Yeah, but I didn't know it was gonna be this good. Trailer. I think it was gonna be this fucking good, bro. I loved her Hunger Games songs when they came out, and I still love the songs that she did for the Hunger Games movies. So hearing it in the background of the trailer for Where the Crawdads Sing, Mm -hmm. I was already very excited. But this, it's like 10 times. Yeah. I'm not paying for a ticket. Well, I'm seeking it. I don't care. (laughs) FBI, do not interact. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm gonna have to see it because I wanna see how it's used in the movie. But I think like the lyrics themselves are so gay. And also, I think, like, in the caption, I can't remember exactly, but I think in the caption that she posted when the song came out was that, like, she wrote the song before or, like, a year and a half ago and then, like, lined up the narrative of what they wanted in her Mm -hmm. song to a song that she already had Mm -hmm. and then recording it was really interesting with, like, the instruments that she used and all that stuff. But I think, like, I I agree that I want to see the song in the movie because I think there's two narratives. There's the narrative that she wrote, that's her story, that's in the lyrics of the song, and then there's also the narrative of the movie movie that it's going to be in Mm -hmm. and how it's going to relate to that. And I think Hitlers are just biding time until the movie comes out. So they can prove that it's heterosexual. So that they can prove that it's heterosexual. Because the, the material itself, if we look at the raw content... It's giving homo. It's giving lesbian. Yeah, like, lesb- like, but this is the other thing, like, I'm so sorry. It was so funny because when when those photos from her and Joe in the Bahamas leaked, people were like, she's like the like kiss, the, the, like the hardest kiss, like literally the most. So I'm bad. like, um, and, and then also, she does a little handstand. Wasn't it at <laughs> at Lenny Kravitz's like trailer as well, or like I don't know. Uh, well, anyway. uh, we all know that Zo- that Taylor has a crush on Zoe. Zoe. <laughs> like bad, bad, down bad. terrible, literally down terrible. So and plus there were oh people were. Saying, oh, there were like three chairs, like beach chairs, on this Rubble. like secluded island. It was like we just saw, you know, the pictures of Joe mm-hmm. and Taylor, and also they came from apparently Backpage. So yeah, they did. It wasn't. They were. It, they were ring-a-ling. called. They were called, and people were. The gayers were like, "Yeah, we know something gay is about to drop because the, there's why, the, else? why else would these photos like?" She's only engaged or with Joe right before she does something incredibly, incredibly gay. <laughs> And That's why William Bowery was existed for the long pawn sessions, because how else 
Were they going to? He get was away just with sitting that? there writing, writing the fully the, formed actually, chorus. Actually, William wrote Carolina. Yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe played it on the <laughs> piano. On the piano the and whole then, song. Yeah, she's in my dreams. William Bowery. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> it's sad. And I think it's funny because she gets to. I mean, because it's in the context of this movie, it then can be not queer coded. So she exactly. is. She's Which, a genius. She plays both sides. Oh, anyway, switching like, sides like a record? record player. Yeah, the rumors are terrible and cruel. But, but most, most of them, them are, are true. true. And then, Her like, own she's words. So, <laughs> she's so infuriating because she like looks me in the eyes and says I'm gay. But then it's like shrouded in layers. Yeah. And, so and then everyone gay. is. And then everyone around you is like, you're lying. Like that's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's something. Inc- like she's literally. It's like playing like two truths and a lie. And like the truth is that she's gay, but like the lie is something that is like I don't know. Contradictory. Yeah. I'm dating Joe. Jo- yeah. Something yeah. like that. And it's like she's literally telling us. I love her so much. She's such a genius. Yeah, but like even if we just look at the lyrics, it's like, no, you didn't see me here. No, they never did see me here. And she's in my dreams. Into the mist, mist into, into the, the clouds. clouds. <laughs> uh, things that only Carolina will ever know. Carolina okay. stains on the dress. She left dress? No, her that dress. one. That, <laughs> that, was one, that one fucked me up. Invisible scars. You d- Indelible Invisible scars. Indelible scars. Mm-hmm. Um, you drew scars. You drew stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding. Pivotal marks. Blue is a life. She fled. She loves to flee the lakes mm-hmm. to the lakes. Get away, Carolina Pines. Won't you cover me? Cover her from what? Cover her for what purpose? She's hiding. Exactly. She's hiding. Wait. That, oh, Carolina knows why yes, for years yes, that, that I one. was guilty as sin and sleep in a liar's, liar's bed. bed. Guilty as sin. Okay, first of all, Taylor. I hope she does have therapy because the amount of religious trauma <laughs> that is inside this woman's body for being from gay. false god to this like yeah like to a sin and sleep in a liar's bed. bed but the sleep comes fast and I'll meet no ghosts in the archer. <gasps> Yeah. Fuck. Genius citations make me insane, but I kind of want to see. It's probably just about the movie. Yeah, and Delia Owen's novel that the film is adapted okay. from, the protagonist. No, because if the sin isn't being gay, then I don't want to read what they have to say about it. Interesting. So, <laughs> for, for Taylor Swift, not that I think that. Because she didn't gay is write this for the context of the movie. She no. said that, okay, let's look at her caption. About a year and a half ago, I wrote a song about an incredible story the story of a girl who always lived on the outside looking in, figuratively and literally. Oh! The juxtaposition of her loneliness and independence, her longing and her stillness, her curiosity and fear all tangled up, her persisting gentleness, and the world's betrayal of it. I wrote this one alone in the middle of the night, and then Aaron Destiner and I meticulously worked on sound that we felt would be authentic to the moment in time when this story takes place. I made a wish that one day you would hear it. Carolina is out now. Like, I don't, that's just so... I want to know what other context she would have. Like, is this what TS10 is going to sound like? Or was this supposed to be a bonus track the way that like or... renegade and yeah like, like a renegade moment yeah 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 like I... just left off you know yeah because like what do we know what if no, people I don't are even always want to talking think about, about the universe like the third album like that idea there's a trilogy yeah. i feel like the thing is is that that trilogy is just these singles that she's dropping that feel like and sound like they're in the same universe as Real. folklore and evermore so even if like seashore or whatever the people were saying yeah like doesn't didn't doesn't exist or doesn't drop like i mean there's also karma which is the yeah that the ghost album that well. yeah that album that didn't that speak didn't pre-reputation because reputation happened okay anyway now on to our regular three parts yeah hot take <laughs> media LA. review and then a little recommendation although okay for our media review we're talking about the sally universe which we're so excited to. As if we don't talk about it in all every the time. episode. And in real life when we got into your friend's car and then for yeah. the entire drive just talked 
about. Talked about Sally Rooney. Sally Rooney and Irish writers. Anyway, so we got an email from Cassius. Hey, Sonosance Nation. Hi. Hope y'all are doing well. I'll try to make this coherent, but my hot take is that there should be better slash more selection of romances and erotica type fiction for minors. I haven't given this take too much thought because I'm still trying to digest how pornography and smut can affect people's perception of romance and sexuality, particularly women and LGBTQ youth. A lot of media for teens is either really washed out and stripped of sexuality and emotional nuance or weirdly sexual from an adult perspective and heteronormativity slash patriarchy. I'm just wondering what y'all think of Wattpad and its consequences <laughs> and the lack of fun sexual education slash content that's available for minors to explore safely basically. This also stems from my intense hatred of book talk and its spicy gag emoji throw up emoji romance recommendations that just end up reading like 2010 fan fictions because just who is the audience? <laughs> Maybe just a YA thing in general? Anyways, love the podcast so much and your side conversations. I tell all my friends to listen to it. I've ended up adopting many of your manners of speaking too, I fear. <laughs> Thank you so much for reading this email, even if it doesn't end up on the podcast. Love you all forever. Thank you so much, Aww. Cassius. I really appreciate that. And honestly, like, I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been tweeting about it as well. And like this idea of the impact that porn and mm -hmm. all of its manifestations and romance novels, especially for young people and for teenagers, mm -hmm. has and the ramifications it has on our individual sexualities and on us as a collective culture. Because I grew up reading explicit fan fiction, like starting when I was like 13, maybe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends got into it even younger and were like, we're writing it or Smut has done it. permanent damage, damage to like a developing, a, a developing young malleable brain reading unlimited amounts of smut on the free queen's internet baby that is it's just it's just not the way to go yeah like it's, it's, it's just it's not good but yeah. also at the same time it's in some ways it's a form of patriarchal indoctrination in the way that like the 100%. tumblr gifs of like bdsm core yeah. type aesthetics tumblr porn yeah had i mean i think like feminists have continuously talked about how porn is a way of radicalizing boys and men into a violent hatred of women mm -hmm. and into sexual violence and there's like st it's statistically true that men who watch porn are more likely to believe rape myths or be rape apologists or themselves be you know abusers and rapists and I think, like, again, it's part of the larger cultural indoctrination, but it's also really tied deeply to the internet, which is where fan fiction lives mm -hmm. and spicy book talk recommendations or whatever come from. Porn is also there, and there's an increasing amount of it, and it's increasingly more, quote-unquote, hardcore, extreme, violent, and it sets the expectations for what sex is supposed to mm -hmm. look like for teenagers, because most boys start watching it from a very young age and most girls are reading smut from a very young age as well and we've talked about it on a on another episode with the it was with the one infographic of the choke the the gag <laughs> hello <laughs> but you know oh choke on cog yeah <laughs> choking on cog whatever but there's this kind of like cultural acceptance of like it's more acceptable to ask for a woman to ask for sex to be violent like violence to be done onto her than to be like i want you to be nice or and i gentle. want you to stop yeah stop like you're you're quote unquote more sexually liberated if you have kinkier more violent more intense sex and i think that that is like the pairing of boys who watch porn at a very young age and girls, girls who, who are read. sort of taught to view that as yeah like the norm. basically 
the same content as yeah. porn, but just written with character inserts. Yeah. Or, I mean, like, of course women watch porn, too. And I think, yeah. like, that's something that but, modern liberal feminists have sort of used to defend porn against people who are yeah. anti-sexuality in general, like, you know, conservatives. But who also, like, girls, like, women at shouldn't. slumber parties or whatever, be like, yeah. what fan fiction, like, we'll read mm-hmm. fan fiction. Yeah, and, like, men who watch porn together versus girls who watch, <laughs> who read <laughs> yeah. fan fiction or read romance novels together. Yeah. But also, at the same time, like, when you're going through puberty, or teenagers of course are obviously you're going to having sex and are obviously yeah. horny because there's teen pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like there's not a market for it, but uh-huh. how, how do you, like, obviously adult would have to be in charge of it, but how do adults responsibly disseminate that sort of information. Yeah. And that's why people are so adamant on sexual education being, co- like, coherent, comprehensive, mm-hmm. and not just a scare tactic mm-hmm. from a young age. And I think, like, that's true because kids will have sex when they're really young without knowing what it even is or what yeah. the potential consequences for it would be. And as long as kids don't know where babies come from and, like, you know, the illnesses that you can get from it and the mm-hmm. lifelong sort of debilitating consequences that it can have, you you're just not going to have people who know how to have safe sex or be in consensual sexual have dynamics. Have enough knowledge to make the decision whether or not mm-hmm. they want to have sex, which is obviously a part of consent, and you have to have the education to yeah. do that. And so much of consent, the same way that like in schools, what you're taught about not being a bully or responding to bullying mm-hmm. or cybersecurity or like sex ed, so much of it is wrapped up in just don't do it because I think for adults abstinence. There is when you have when you cut out the nuance of like the reality of young people's experiences, you're mm-hmm. more able to come to a clear cut conclusion or make a definitive decision or stance on like just don't do it. But the reality is that kids are going to do drugs. Kids are going to have sex and kids are going to, it's going to affect the ways that they interact with the world, obviously, which is why you want to curb it, which is why you want to control it on some level. But the thing is, is that you really can't. People have their own autonomy separate from a lot of other things, regardless of cultural indoctrination and because of cultural indoctrination. So also it's about like the culture, the material realities. Yeah. The upbringing, because if you're just the relationships taught, between that like, consent is like yes means yes, no means no. But mm-hmm. you're not really taught about the power imbalances and mm-hmm. the structural realities of like patriarchal violence, and, which like, of course you're not taught in school. Or trying to yeah, because you know, how change you, someone's mind, and then if they say yes, then you're like, well, I got consent, and that's not really how do you works. even determine your desire at that young of an age, or mm-hmm. like how do you even parse it out? Because if you're told that you should want something or you shouldn't do something, you might have an inclination to follow that or to rebel against that in one way or another. So I think it's hard to pin down necessarily. But I also think like it is why you kind of you kind of have to just treat kids as people Mm -hmm. and because like and also it's supposed to be something that happens like throughout their life, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people who are asking for like comprehensive sex education for like minors is like, well, you don't go into a kindergarten classroom and just talk about sex, Mm -hmm. but you talk about how to like body language Mm -hmm. and ask if someone wants a hug and boundaries and things like that that's age appropriate Mm -hmm. but in the same way that like you learn sharing is caring as a kid and then you grow up to be 
a person who knows how to share like those lessons like stay with you and build mm-hmm. and become like adapt themselves to the age or the situation you're in at that time mm-hmm. so it's like these are just interpersonal skills and relationship skills that because these skills can't be like commodified they're not seen as valuable but they are learning interpersonal relationship skills is a very valuable lesson Mm-hmm. And it's something that stays with you throughout your whole life. So I think this conversation about consent and sexuality and education is something that, like... Is all tied together. But it's yeah. also, like, something that you can't really do accurately like or teenagers, fully. they're gonna fuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Also, like, but I think, like, teen pregnancy rates have been sort of exponentially lowering mm-hmm. in recent decades. And partially, probably, sex ed. But also, like, I think because there's so much more... People are consuming so much more media and mm-hmm. not interacting with people as much because you can interact with people on your Real phone AF. and on the internet, which is how we became friends. So it's not like how... It's not like, oh, anti that, just make yeah. real life friends or whatever. Obviously, the internet can be a form of community for a lot of people who are isolated in many other ways, of course. And it's a way to connect with people. But I think, like, one of the reasons that people aren't having as much sex at a young age is probably because, like, because something that people say, I've heard is, like, okay, why are you watching pornography when you could just, like, have sex? You know? Like, mm-hmm. why are you... And I think on some of like, that is true. Like, you should, like, if you have sexual desires, um, you should probably, like, and you're... <laughs> You can pursue a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be consuming media about it. Um, to, and also, like, because a lot of people get dependent on it mm-hmm. in order to even just, like, like masturbate Enjoy or, sex. like, have pleasure. And a lot of... And that's why... I think it's partially why a lot of men in having sex are just trying to recreate porn, essentially. Yeah. And, like, another thing is that it's incredibly addictive. Porn is so addictive. And so is, I think, like, even, like, smut and that any form of like pornography or anything anything that's like explicit representations of sex that is a me- meant to recreate reality or be an amplified version of reality it becomes this like cyclical thing of like dependency and indoctrination which is of course reinforced by the larger world which is incredibly patriarchal and misogynistic and so you know again like it's hard to raise children mm-hmm. in a way that is oppositional to that because that is the default for so how how can you be like this is what consent is especially in a patriarchal context of like men feel entitlement to your body or as a child people feel entitled to your body and to touch you when that's not true when the world at large makes it so that that seems to be true um or that because like i don't know i think it's like it's a it's a complicated question of um like what you should or shouldn't be reading as a teenager because like Mm -hmm. for me i read a lot of romance novels as a kid that was for teenagers ostensibly like of course a lot of YA romance we've seen and you know usually there isn't like explicit sex scenes sometimes there are but Mm -hmm. those explicit sex scenes were what I like latched onto and what formed my idea of like sexuality. And I think on some level, uh, well, on many levels, it's a, it was a lot better than getting into like fan fiction or porn at such a young age. Because when you're reading books that are published by like major publishers, like it's yeah. that's targeted towards a young adult audience, it's going to be. There are checks and balances in <clears throat> place. Yes. More there's... than AO3. Exactly. It's not just like, <laughs> people putting shit out, it, it, it is stuff that is like legitimately published but you know people are going i was reading stuff marked for 13 to 18 when i was like nine you know so it wasn't even like i mean i just think like there should be better 
media for young people that is good and i also think (laughs) yeah i mean there are the thing is that i think we also complain about this in terms of the way that a lot of lgbt in our last episode talking about heartstopper and first skill there's Mm -hmm. not that it feels like contemporarily there's there's not that great of representation for young people but in some ways there's a lot more of it there's so much more gay media now than even 10 years ago that was easily accessible now especially with like streaming services and shit you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think like people just need to be making better shit and also like even as a kid something that really developed my critical reading skills and my ability to discern good and bad media was actually consuming stuff that has been canonized like Mm -hmm. like classic and even like literary children's classics you know Frances Hodgson Burnett like The Secret Garden Anne of Green Gables that those things also informed my views on human relationships sexuality like womanhood girlhood all of these things did because media sort of constructs who you are and that's why stuff like internet porn is so dangerous you know but like reading stuff like that that in some ways it's like it's much there's the purity culture of that time that makes it not really explicit of course it's children's media so it's not explicit in any way but like that stuff reading that alongside other contemporary things or things that you know and featured like explicit sex or whatever in in media on on tv in screens or in other books and stuff like helped i think balance balance it out i i think like it's probably like because of course being addicted to porn it objectively and like anecdotally and statistically really has harmful impacts on the way that people interact with other people in real life like it reforms the way that you see people in general because like porn is about making body sexual objects to be viewed at and so everything becomes sexual exactly everything people's minds become so pornified that you can't even look at like pictures of like normal people i remember seeing like someone posted a picture of like their mom from the 80s being held by like five of her friends who all happened to be like guys and she was like mm-hmm. in a bathing suit or something and they had been on it was like a vacation picture and then like someone got like a viral quote retweet being like oh they like ran a train on her why would you even think that that's crazy literally that is insane to think and people also responded to that being like porn has like literally ruined your guys's ability to view people as like normal human beings you know like things don't really have to be that sexual or explicit all the time um and i think your inability to consume media or look at media or look at things with that nuance is also why people don't like more cerebral pieces of media like classics or like the slow lesbian period dramas that people complain about like something that's so beautiful about Mm -hmm. for example like portrait of lady on fire is that we see the desire build up to like the sex and the explicit like you know and there's like which isn't if you think of that's like what porn porn is porn is like you're putting you're being like oh it's like this guy who is your i don't know your plumber or your landlord or whatever and like you know what i mean that's like that's weird and gross and the scripts are obviously everyone knows that like well that's like made i like it's it's like like porn acting like that's not that porn acting and also the even porn categories or ideas of like like oh the like the stepsister stepbrother stuff gag you know shit like that right there's one that went like a screenshot of it or like the concept of it went viral on twitter because it was a lifeguard for like a bathtub Mm -hmm. in in a home Mm -hmm. but then the the like concept was that it was like a lifeguard i mean what porn plots last like Two minutes or yeah, whatever. at the beginning, like of it's any not. It, it wasn't exactly. But There's like, like a setup the thing, there. It's like, it's like in like movies that have erotic components to it. Mm-hmm. 
or versus movies that feel like porn, like for like Blue is the Warmest Color or whatever. Yeah. There is below her mouth. There is Ooh. a construction of humanity before sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like or that sexuality is a way to criticize. Like even in like when we see the sex scenes in Russian Doll, in Fleabag, in Disobedience. Um, like when we see these sex scenes or whatever, like there is a meaning to them beyond the sex. Like real porn AF. is about like the meaning to them is the sex and viewing people in sexual. You know mm-hmm. and I mean, of course you can look at all of these things and like I think it also is impacted by who makes it and who the audience is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you know, but like like lesbian and porn versus <laughs> lesbian cinema. Exactly. Are two different. Exactly. Things. So I think like, and that's the other thing. Porn has also made it so that people are unable to view erotic imagery or or like erotic the the erotic the uses of the erotic Audrey Lord in any way outside of porn, which is a commodity. Yeah. There is a difference between, I think, erotic art and appreciating it and like porn you know centerfold yeah like Mm. and i think in some ways people make the argument of like well instead of internet free porn or whatever like you should be like paying for it or you know like or individually supporting like sex workers or Mm -hmm. like media creators but like at that point those people are making art at that point like if you're put if you have an indie Mm -hmm. budget and set for uh for in filming people have sex I feel like that is a little, that is quite different from what is widely available and in in basically every aspect. Like, there's this one, like, female filmmaker or whatever who, like, makes adult films, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, like, the way that it does it, it's, like, very artful, you know? And people will sort of point to that as, like, oh, well, this is an alternative. But the thing is, is that, like, A, it's not an alternative because what makes pornography pornography at least in our cultural time, is that it's free, widely available, and, like, everywhere mm-hmm. on the internet. And it has a certain characteristic that, like, doesn't... That precludes eroticism and precludes art, mm-hmm. right? Whereas stuff that is made with the intention to be artistic and, and with the intention of bringing out the erotic, that is, I think, inherently not, like, porn. You And also, your inability to look at a naked woman and think of it not as porn is porn culture and shows that your mind has been inundated with porn because I think like from figure drawing to like just paintings in general to images of like nude women or whatever if you can't look at that without thinking about her in sexual scenarios or thinking about her in a sexual way beyond just being able to appreciate the form of what it is that's because you're like porn sick. That's because you are you've been conditioned to view everyone as sexual objects as opposed to human beings, which I think is like the one of the core issues of pornography, fan fiction and stuff. Because so AF3. much so much of this stuff is just self-inserts. So yeah. people these characters don't feel like real people. These characters are just figures, figures that exist to fuck. I think there is some like really well written fanfic, really well written like romance novels and stuff. But like, what is popular? What is dominant in the genre from the after? What gets adapted? Yeah, it's from the afters to the Fifty Shades of Grey. Like that shit. And this the, this the three hundred and sixty five having... day what film series. I don't it's know like what the fuck you're Hold on. I remember I was 12 years old at Costco reading Fifty Shades of Grey, like standing in the aisles. The psychic damage yeah. that did to me 
is probably irreversible. You know what I mean? Like my parents did not want me to interact with any form of sexual content. In fact, like explicitly banned it and didn't even like it when I was looking, when I was scrolling on Instagram and people were posting in like bikinis or whatever. They, mm-hmm. they didn't want that because obviously you don't want your kid to be exposed to sexual content when they are a child. But like that didn't mean that I wasn't exposed to it because mm-hmm. our culture and media makes it so that it is impossible to. to be, ex- it's, it, to not be exposed to it. So, I think like and also the saying to you can't engage with sexual media then makes you bring, more interested. The same yeah. way that telling you not to do drugs or not to have sex would make you more interested. It, in it's doing a part it. of that like abstinence only mindset exactly. that proves time and time again to not be yeah exactly useful not be effective or successful. I think on an interpersonal level, I think it's it's good and important for women to. Or for people to convince their boyfriends or the male pe- the males in their lives, the mm-hmm. men who are around them, to like stop watching porn, or yeah. because it, it ruins a it ruins your relationship, and you know it's gonna make them a worse person. So like I think on an interpersonal Real, yeah. level, it's important for you to talk to your like siblings and like re- and people you're in relationships with, even casually, and be like you shouldn't do you shouldn't watch that and also with the adult women and the young people on book talk or whatever reading like spicy books or like books with like sexual components to them with explicit sex i think that's why there needs to be fair criticisms and uh, like i've seen a lot of criticisms of various authors in the ways that they portray sexuality and relationships and how they criticize abusive dynamics and make fun of these media and i think like that's good (laughs) and that should and that is something that Mm. should exist because i think as long as that type of media exists media criticism of it should exist on some level like we know now there's no way that you can ban porn on the internet the internet like it's the internet the same way you can't ban certain tags or really gross things on fan fiction yeah. sites and you can't ban people from writing Although, or consuming i them. wish you could some people wi- there's like one shot fanfic smut whatever mm-hmm. and then there's like the deep fucked up dark shit. corners fucked I've, up shit. I've never i've I've only heard of the people <laughs> who can return alive. Yeah, return alive. I've only heard the stories of, but I can't even imagine, like, coming across... It's, but in some ways, it can be... Mind. No, literally. And it has and to be worse... And that's the scary part. Someone had to... It, it's not even the Because content. it's not... Because you can't film that shit. It's literally no, that fictional. Part, the thing about fan fiction is that you can, you literally can go worse than porn because you can break the laws of physics. Like you can do, <laughs> like you can do, and because yeah. you don't need real people to and do they it. They don't even have to be humans. No, that's that's, that's the scary part. That's, that's scary so part. scary. And this, like also the scary part is like okay, the content sick, dark, twisted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone had to sit down and write, write that. that. Someone's thinking fing- about that. fingers on the keys. <laughs> yeah, had to. Had to type it, reread it, edit it, post it, save the draft. Like, (laughs) it's like that. That's the part that sends the chills down my spine. (laughs) Is that they're just in the grocery aisle behind me, you know? And I'm like, but I think, like, again, but that's the thing. You can't ban it. It's not possible. Especially with the internet. Because Mm, before, mm -hmm. when porn used to be physical copies of things, either physical photos, playboys. You had to show your ID. You're 18. You can buy that shit. Yeah, you had to go to the back room. Or people, you would get distributed illegally. Or Or, amongst the friends or whatever. Yeah, or like, you know, there used to be like porn, like movie theaters or whatever, Mm -hmm. something like that. Like specific physical places where you have to go. Now, like, I remember when like quarantine like first, first started to happen and everyone was like, 
smoking, drinking, watching porn. Yeah. That's the first thing that everyone did with, like, the quote-unquote two weeks off that, you know. <laughs> turned into two years. Yeah, they turned into... a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. It's like, I had my own tablet because my mom didn't want me... I had, like, a little Samsung tablet. Because my mom didn't want me taking her phone every five minutes to, like, play games. But the thing about giving a middle schooler a tablet, they will find fan fiction. They will find things that they're not supposed to find. If you're a child and they're telling you that you can engage with sexual content, it's not because it's bad that they're saying that because they don't want their child to engage sexual content. But then you are now informing your child that there is sexual content that they shouldn't be consuming that's only going to make them want to do it. And either they'll learn how to take off the internet Delete blockers, from history. Delete yeah. from history. Befriend and the girl in the class that do doesn't... And we have done this. Like, done th- you go to a friend's house. Yeah, and also like, it's like once you equalize these things, because my parents mm-hmm. were equally not into me Sorry. being into makeup as they were into me being into anything else, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, once you equalize these things as like all just bad, don't touch it, mm-hmm. you kind of try to negate its existence or, like, protect people from it when it's, like, mm-hmm. you know it's there. And, that's, and it's that's not, you can't the, just look away. You, you have to acknowledge it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where I think, like, education comes in. It's, like, the same reason why people don't rub, like, whiskey on baby's gums anymore mm-hmm. to make them fall asleep is because, like, there we now know the damages that that can do to, like, the development of a kid. And we also say that, like, I, w- I would go to family parties where adults would be drinking. I'm not drinking because I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. Because that would... Uh, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah. And I knew that it was for health reasons. It was mm-hmm. something that adults could do that I couldn't... I knew what a beer bottle looked like. I mm-hmm. knew what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, fine. Uh, in the same way that I think with kids, like, you can't just say, oh, you can't do this. You have to be like... This is, you have to address the content of it. Because not like sex is bad, but it's like reading this type of material, watching these types of videos, you know, seeing these types of like photos of of bodies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that in that way, even if you don't feel like it is, is going to is going to have bad health effects. In the same, and you can explain that as, like, in the same as eating too much candy makes yeah. your stomach hurt. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be, like, yeah. women shouldn't be treated, like, yeah. to an exactly. eight-year-old or whatever. Right, right, but be right. like, I'm doing this because I care about your health and mm-hmm. you are developing body. Yeah, yeah. This exists out in the world. Right. When you get older, you can make the decision to do with that as you will. It's also, like, things have to exist in moderation as well. Yeah. Because once something becomes obsessive or, like, your whole life is dominated by it, I mm-hmm. think the same way with, like, for example, like eating disorders, you know mm-hmm. that you're you're fucked up or you yeah. need to seek help if what you're thinking about all the time is your calories or what you should eat or what you mm-hmm. shouldn't be eating or whatever. It's like, this is a natural part of life. Eating is a part of life the way like sex, sex can is, be, you yeah. know? Like you can't always be thinking about it. It can't color your entire existence. It's just mm-hmm. one part of it. Like I eat... I drink sometimes, I smoke sometimes, Mm -hmm. I have sex, I do that. You know what I mean? Like, these are all parts of your life that you can't just be like, this is not, this can't be a part of your life. You Mm -hmm. need to control every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's not about control. It's about the fact that you're a person. what about asexual people? (laughs) Well, you know, good for you. Thank thank God. Thank God for your existence. Good good for you. (laughs) No, literally. But, and I mean, like, this is another thing about being exposed to identities and stuff growing up why are there there's so many like 11 year olds or 15 year olds who are like oh i'm asexual girl you're a lesbian like <laughs> you're either a lesbian or just a child because yeah. why are you or thinking about yeah, your maybe, relationships as sexual right. in that way when you are yeah. a child or maybe you are asexual and mm-hmm. that is your life for the rest of your life 
amazing, cool. But the thing is, is that like, if you're being exposed to this type of violent sexual content from a young age or in a mm-hmm. way that is feels gross to you, of course you're going to think it's gross, you yeah. know? And I think like, for me as a kid, Popular I was like... Popular sex media is gross. Exactly. basically everyone. everyone. who has a brain to... I don't yeah. know what the fuck... I don't know how these middle-aged women are sitting around... How E.L. James is sitting at her computer writing Twilight fanfiction and then getting it published and becoming a bestseller. Like, what is going on? And also the fact that I know that these middle-aged women who are reading these books which I know they do because I see it in public, like, are going to try to recreate it within their own sex lives or whatever. Ew. I know! I know! It's so gross! Yeah. But I'm like, that's not healthy... Like, you're... Th- you're. This is not BDSM etiquette, like, for what yeah. is going on here. Like, your husband... Like, and I think on some level, yes, people know media is not real. Like, we, people mm-hmm. get it, but people understand, oh, of course, it's not a real representation of what sex is like in, in real life. But people don't internalize it. People don't yeah. really, like, understand. Doesn't stop people from trying. Right. Does they, not stop like, people from trying. And, it's like... And the other thing that I've seen people on, like, romance bookstagram or whatever talk mm-hmm. about is, like... Do you guys think sex scenes in books like are similar to sex in real life? And people are like, not at all, no way. But you wouldn't know that if you haven't had sex, and mo and real, kids haven't had sex. AF. Kids haven't yeah. had sex. You're you're looking at material that is supposed to recreate what sex is supposed to be like, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But you haven't had it. You don't know what it's like. So. It's coloring your preconceptions. And something my friend said was like, once he started being sexually active, he was like, this, I mean, I, it is kind of like porn, I guess, because you are just having sex and in porn, people are just having sex. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's how, so different. How much, how much of this is because we've been like conditioned to think of that's what sex is and that you're doing yeah. it. And- it's more like porn and smut have set the standard for sex Mm -hmm. and then when you have sex in real life it's degrees away from porn Mm -hmm. rather than people porn or sex in real life being the standard of what sex is and then and then well like in just like some someone who's sexually active like their experience and then porn being degrees away from what sex is like in real life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the the standard that has dominance like what is the goal is porn and yeah. you have sex in real life to get closer to porn mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than real sexual experiences informing what porn looks, looks like. like. For sure. 100%. Um, and I think, like, in terms of what Cassius is asking us, or Cassius, I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing her name, but what she's saying, either weirdly sexual from an adult perspective mm-hmm. or it's, like, really washed out. Like, I, I do think that's why, well, allegedly there's supposed to be a new adult genre in books there's like young adult new adult and like Mm -hmm. adult Mm -hmm. i guess and adult romance is a bit more it's not as like kinky or explicit i feel Mm -hmm. like young adult there's not really as much of that new adult it's like just it's supposed to be just like just that explicit stuff i guess i don't know Mm -hmm. like i guess that's how the breakdown works in the romance genre i don't know i don't read that many romance novels but like I think, I don't know, kids are going to be looking for adult media regardless. Like, we were watching adult movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you should, like, you should be watching, you should be watching real movies as a kid. You should be reading yeah. real books as a kid. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you you should be dealing Agreed. with, with you know, crime and punishment when you're 16. Like, you should be watching yeah. good movies, you know? But I think, like, you have to be able to differentiate what is, like, good or bad and, like, how 
it compares to your because the reason why I read so much YA contemporary when I was a kid was because I was like this is what I want my life to be like or this is similar to what my life is and I relate to it a lot so of course I want to read books about characters who are in the same age range as me mm-hmm. or books about characters who are aspirational for me like I'm 11 now but I'm reading books about 16 year olds because yeah. I know I'm going to be 16 one day and I want to know what it's like you know what I mean like yeah and that was sort of why Very I read that. a lot of that type of stuff and obviously in, in, in I remember there's this one I think Lauren Miracle she was she's a big YA author and she wrote this she had this book that I read that had like an explicit sex scene at the end and I like hyper fixated on it and I would like read it and be like okay so that happened and he says this and then she says this like you know what I mean like but like I think like that is I, I wonder is that common now is that how people are because mm-hmm. i think on some level that is probably a lot healthier than what a lot of other a lot of people could get into or what i got into like later i guess mm-hmm. but i don't know how do you even begin to deconstruct that shit especially when i know like for with my like heterosexual friends like who like when they're having heterosex they also they also have that feeling of like is my boyfriend just doing this because he wants to recreate what he sees in porn mm-hmm. or or why is he being sexually active with me but also watching porn like why am i not mm-hmm. enough and so many women deal with this like that's really fucked up like it i don't know how what is media supposed to do except besides like romanticize criticize and replicate real life and you consume it so you can take something away from it to apply to your real life or that you'll internalize into your real life identity things that are not porn but are violent because like the whole idea of like the male gaze and commodification mm-hmm. and objectification through the lens of a camera and through just like laura mulvey exactly yeah that already damages the way people view human relations and bodies and women in general and that's just the in Bechdel regular test. movies mm-hmm. that's just and in shows regular shows yeah, yeah, yeah. like things that it's have already a plot. so deeply so the fact that porn is this too. bad exactly. shows that like you could definitely cut off porn and one still have access to sexually explicit things because uh-huh. there are it's still a part of life, which uh-huh. means that any piece of media that reflects life, life is going to include it in some is way. Going to which I think will tap into what we talk about in the Sally Rooney books because she writes so a, she writes explicit oh my gosh, the sex amount of scenes sex in, in Beautiful World, World Where Are you? you, but they're not porn. It's not. It's not, and it's not like smut either. And I feel like use your imagination. Yeah. Like, like if, if you are going to masturbate and... <laughs> Literally close your eyes. We, like, well, because like, masturbation that's what we is say. also yeah, part of... A normal a part, part of, of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like any every time you're horny and want to have sex, if no one wants to have sex with you right then and there, you're out you're, of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can masturbate. But I feel like... Even I'd like rewatch a scene from a show. Like, think, like... Of, think of the characters in your mind. Like, people... Because people have talked yeah. about... Uh, wanting to have sex with actors and actors like yeah as long as there have been people attractive everyone's yeah. known who the hottie of the village is like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like everyone has their crushes like think about not, the person that you want to have sex like, with and imagine having sex with them like the fantasies fuck? or whatever right. something like that because that's also that's, that's more intrinsic natural to and also like nature. more you, so than porn is 100 you have to like actually see them as a person unless it's again exactly. i think like for and actresses hopefully recognize your own humanity in that exactly. in way where like self inserts or like your name fan fictions or something like that yeah. or even like pov porns you are also not a human as the consumer of that you are not a bet like you are not 
humanizing you're just a the body, situation. You know? And I think, like, and that's why you also shouldn't be having sex with people who just see you as a body. That's the other Real thing. Real AF. Like, you should Real be AF. having sex with people and who value you as a person. When you masturbate, you should view yourself as a person and, and in think this about. this day and age of technology, uh-huh. because, it, okay, it's one thing for one individual to be like, wow, the lavender menace. You're so right. I should, <laughs> I should go out and have sex with people. But if everyone else is watching YouTube porn, right, Netflix, yeah. and you're like, it's also like, it does take time. Like, you it can't is individually kind of going analog. Like, I know. it is going yeah. from it is yeah. class to analog. Like, I'm, we're going to level with you here. Yeah. But is it for the betterment of humanity? You're right. It's, I, I, and know, I, I, I honestly. Start fucking people who like you, please. <laughs> like, can, can we at least start there? No, can literally. You know what I mean? And so, mu- so much because of like hookup culture or whatever that people talk about how it's damaging. So many straight girls have sex with people that they don't like. I know. And this is regular and accepted. And then I get treated like the crazy one for being like, <laughs> why are you doing that? And they're like, well, what else am I going to do? Not fuck them. Like, hello? <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's my monosexism. Monosexism, lesbian, lesbian privilege. privilege. <laughs> Speaking, but I'm like, right. I'd rather not have sex than have sex with someone that I don't like or doesn't like me. Yeah, I mean, sorry, that should sorry. be normal. That sorry. should be normal, guys. And I, I mean, this also has to do with, like, you know, gay men being like, oh, getting on Grinder as a minor or like having sex with older men who can like teach you things or whatever. When even on Tinder, when I see someone who in their bio is like, oh, I'm actually this age, even if they're legal Get now. Get off Tinder! Even if they're like legal now, right? Like it says that they're 22, but they're uh-huh. 20. That means that I know that they got on Tinder when they were uh-huh. 16. I don't That's like fucked that. up, bro. I don't like, like that when even kids would take the their age yeah. to get on dating apps so in high popular. school. Yeah, I was like, why? I was like, like Junior or senior year, like people on the Finsta that of people that I went to high yeah. school with like, would oh, post match. screenshots yeah. of like on Tinder or talk about being on Tinder. And I and I remember one time I'd be like, "Can you be a minor and on Tinder?" Like, cause it was so normal. I like looked it up and I was like, "I don't want." That's to not do that. legal. Like, That's not exactly. And even and if you go on Tinder as a minor to only match with other minors, that's so rare, and that's not what's happening. Yeah. And any that's adult person up. that matches with a minor. You're not smart. You're not cool. You yeah. don't have the upper hand in that situation. And also, that person is fucked up. Why is exactly. someone... Okay, why would anyone want to fuck someone who is not their equal, if not because they want to, like, dominate them in some yeah. way? Like, and I think, like, that's something that I, that Sally Rooney explores a lot in her work. Yeah. Of, like, what is she desire? She loves a rich girl, poor boy Dyna- dynamic. <laughs> dynamic. Or, yeah, or rich boy, poor girl dynamic. Yeah. Like, with what we see with um Eileen and, like, Simon. But even with, like, Marion and Connell. Like, Connell oh, is a yeah, very exactly. sporty, masculine man, but comes from a much more working class background, whereas Marianne comes from the wealthy background, mm-hmm. but she takes L after L after Literally. L. <laughs> and they have yeah. <laughs> this, you know, sometimes sexual, sometimes strictly platonic mm-hmm. relationship that oscillates throughout their life. And it's like, unfortunately, that is kind of just the reality of being a sexually active adult. Yeah. It's messy, complicated. Honestly, I feel like normal people would be better for, like, someone who's 16, 17, 18 to Oh, for sure. If for you are content. a kid looking for sexual content, please read fucking, like, Sally Rooney. Like, mm-hmm. an actual literary author mm-hmm. who is, or even in young or adult even, contemporaries that like, write sex scenes. That's so much better for Telegraph your brain. The Telegraph Club and the yeah. sex scenes. Yeah, the sex scenes uh, in that way. Or, though. like, you know, when they're making... And that's the thing. Or, is like, yeah. there's plenty of make-out content, I feel, yes. like, teenagers. I also think, like... Uh, are teenagers for... no longer making out? Are y'all even <laughs> fucking? Well, I'm just saying. I'm like, you can make out and not yeah. almost get pregnant. Right. <laughs> I don't... 
What happened to kissing? What happened to kissing? What happened to necking in the backseat? Like, <laughs> well, because like, I'm like thinking of like Disney princess movies. Oh, yeah. like th- they kiss all the time. Disney uh-huh. parents kiss. Yeah. There's uh, also there's way too much content about like your first kiss or whatever. Oh my god. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It literally does not matter, like, bro. Like yeah. minors are already know what kissing is, the chemistry that leads up to it. Even on like yeah. Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. Yeah. And stuff there's like that. there's romance plot lines everywhere because everywhere. that's part of life. Like, so come I on. feel like okay if you're looking for somewhere that a teenager can access sexual content that's not like to groom them Mm -hmm. but is also like reflective of what it's like to be a horny teenager yeah just read a like books yeah like read sally like if that's where you're at where like disney isn't cutting it Mm -hmm. even more mature teen shows about just like making out or, or those romance plots like you want something that's more fulfilling i feel like the aspect that's missing is like just maturity Mm -hmm. and that's something that you can find with books because Mm -hmm. porn isn't maturity and also smut isn't either exactly with the thing about um smut and also well okay the thing that's different about smut or books and like writing and Mm -hmm. and porn is that with porn it's like right in front of your eyes it's like you're 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 seeing it and it's a manifestation of reality you can't unsee it but with like books it's not like you can unread words but the thing is Mm -hmm. is that like you have to interpret words into imagery reading is itself a process in a way that just seeing things isn't so when you're reading things and you're processing things in that way like that does something to your brain that is fundamentally different Mm -hmm. from just watching something happen. I also think in previous generations, people would just read like, especially for young queer people, like you would just read like gay pulp novels. But the thing about pulp novels was that you knew that it was gonna be corny, cheesy, bad, and like mm-hmm. not, it, it wasn't gonna be a real representation of reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you or knew like, that it was gonna like be. kind of like fantastical. Exactly. Or, you, know. you knew it was gonna be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. The thing about. Satan is a lesbian. Yeah. The thing about smut now is that like it doesn't present itself to be ridiculous, I don't think. No. Like, a very lot of real. this, this Harry Styles, One Direction, self insert fanfic yeah. represents itself as like, oh, this is a version of reality that you can recreate. Pulp novels. I mean, I feel like you're like the whole trope of like she messily put her hair up and on. <laughs> Your name. Tied, tied the flame around. We got sold to. Yeah, yeah. One Direction. Yeah. Sorry, sweetie. I sold you to One Direction. <laughs> I don't think they're going for realism there. Right. And, it's a, it's a, a fantasy. That's a fan fiction trope that has like taken on a life of its own. Like I feel mm-hmm. like so many of like popular tropes of fan fiction, like people who don't who didn't even read it but know like. That yes, thing. Yes. Like, that's taken on a life of its of own. Of its own, yes, for but sure. But then there are the corners of fan fiction, which I think is the majority of it that we don't talk about. Exactly. Because it's things that shouldn't be said out loud unless you're going to confess it, temple, mosque, church, fasting, um, like deep cleaning yourself literally, and your soul, literally. spiritually. God. So. Ugh, yeah. And and that stuff in some way. Also a fantasy, but not in the way that mm-hmm. getting a pulp novel from CVS was, you know? Yeah. Like, there's something about having... I just, I low-key missed the times where, like, media and interactions had to be in person. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to be with other gay people, you went to a Judy Garland concert. You didn't get Grindr at 16. Yeah. If you wanted to read about gay people... But also, even back then, it was still... And, well, I mean, that's not to say I want the 
a level of oppression, yeah. police, yeah. like, that And, and of course, back. like, the but thing just, is, is like, that the those grass aspect- interpersonal interactions as well have, of course, their own damages. Because in real life, when yeah. you're 13 and you haven't seen porn at all, you can still be sexually coerced by your 16-year-old boyfriend. You know, and that happens mm-hmm. all the time to this yeah. day. And, you know, for young boys who are gay when, you know, back then and now getting groomed by older gay men a reality that is reflected in media and it, like is just reality constantly right so it's not even just a media question it's mm-hmm. about the a world culture, at large culture systems of how dominance. does media itself criticize it or re- replicate it like that's the it's type of shit that you can't just life imitates straight art up imitates life yeah and yeah, so yeah. where in like the question of where in that cycle do we make things better is like that's what time is for that's what criticism is for mm-hmm. that's and that's what... why the superstructure and the base analysis mm-hmm. of like the world is so it, it it shows you that it's a feedback loop mm-hmm. it's constant like representations of the nuclear family in media recreates the nuclear family and expectations for what it's supposed to be and then it reconstructs that which then forms that more media it, again it's that cycle it's the it's that base and superstructure the economic realities of of how people are going to interact with each mm-hmm. other and then the ways that people interact with each other because of media or it, in media, you know, like it's a lot. It's a lot. So to answer the question, um, read books. I read books, and I don't know. Be be a critical media consumer. I think. Yeah, but thing. I mean, I feel like telling 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds to be critical media. <laughs> like it's it's a skill that takes time, and I feel like what as you're like growing up, like you have to start somewhere. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. be a novice critical media consumer mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. point. Now's the time to start. And that's not to say that you're never going to make mistakes or have wrong takes because I started using Twitter at 13 and if <laughs> I was held accountable to every single yeah. political opinion, thought, media choice, yeah, criticism yeah, 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 that yeah. I had thir- at 13, 14, 15 to now, if I got hit with a this you, yeah. which I actually did kind of recently about yeah. Taylor, or Harry Styles, yeah. it's like, well, am I not allowed to grow? Am right. I not allowed to learn? Am I not allowed to change as yeah. a human being? Yeah. I feel like that's the other thing is that with this whole idea of the digital footprint and the internet, the things that we like and identify with feel so permanent yeah. because what we say on the internet is permanent. Even and what you consume on the internet is permanent. Is permanent as well in a way where like you could have a lot more opinions a little bit more secretly or like what you said on the playground didn't like haunt you for the rest of life yeah. in the way that like a tweet from 2015 yeah. got me a strike on my Twitter account in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like you know so it's I feel like don't put so much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. like to be perfect or to think that everything you consume has to like meet this impossible or, or, standard. Or also, like, I think imposing moral purity on all pieces of media is another thing that people are going yeah. in the opposite direction of extremity online yeah. and being like, oh, By this... saying that first kill is good. Yeah, okay. well, like, in saying that <laughs> things are morally good because of the way that they represent things accurately yeah. or in a wholesome manner. Or because things are morally good or morally bad because it represents... Because it, I'm like, I, I think that's also simplistic. Like, you can recognize that Call Me By Your Name is, like, problematic because it features a pedophilic relationship mm-hmm. and romanticizes grooming. But you can also say, oh, it's a good book or I like the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you th- like you can't... I, I, I don't Were think you that... Were you the one that sent me the TikTok where a girl said that one of their favorite books was Perks of Being a Wallflower and then the immediate response was, oh, so oh, did you, you like, like the, the grooming? Sex- yeah, the sexual assault. And it was like... What? No. Like, the fuck? There's so much more to it yeah. that, that, that the original poster enjoyed and liked about it. And she's like, 
What does it say about me that that was the reason why someone said that? But then also, what does it say about, about you, you that that's what you think? Immediately. You, you're going to delineate an entire... But like, that's the thing. It's like a thing actually has to have substance for you to mm-hmm. like be which able to critically enjoy it. Which porn doesn't have, and a lot of fan fiction doesn't have either. You know what I mean? No. Like It specifically... It exists for plot. the plot. Yeah. Like, that's the most common smut tag, is there's mm-hmm. explicitly P-W-P. no plot. <laughs> so, and when you watch something that has sex in it because it's about people living, or it's a metaphor for something, or it's supposed to be symbolic for something, it necessitates a plot, a structure. It necessitates a meaning outside of what sex is. Mm-hmm. All right, so now let's let's talk about Sally, Sally Rooney. Rooney. Yes. So let's just first... Well, the most recent thing that we've both read from her is Beautiful World, Where Are You? Yep. Which is her most recent release. And it is Sunny's... Recent, capital R. Yeah. It is Sunny's favorite of her novels. I have a lot of reasons for that. I think firstly, because the conversations between Eileen and Alice over email were... Strongest part of the book. Very, very interesting. I loved all the ideas that they explored. And I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't like or or don't. And I mean, okay, fair enough. Like that's just your taste. Mm-hmm. Um, or you don't think that it's important or cool for authors to do like a insert of like their own political beliefs or anything. But I think like Sally Rooney's works, it, it's really central to all of her shit. It's just like, it's pretty explicit in this one because she's literally putting, making two characters and then making them argue with each other or talk about things Mm -hmm. to come to conclusions or to explore ideas. Kind of like how... Do we know her chart? Let me look it up. I feel like she either has, is a Gemini stellium or has a lot of Gemini placements. Oh, it's also funny because her book itself deals with the idea of like how authors are perceived in public society. Yeah. That fucks you up so bad. uh, Yeah, no, it did. And honestly, now that... You brought that up, and we're looking up her astrology chart. Is feeding into exactly this what type she of dislikes. false intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like... this makes a lot of sense. She is a Pisces. Okay, work. And she's a Taurus moon. Okay. And Aquarius Mercury. All of my friends are Aquarius Mercury's, except you. You're the only. You're one of the only like water Mercury's I know. Wow. But uh, yeah, Mercury and Aquarius makes so much sense because that's her intellect and mm-hmm. her communication style. And, and she's a little sick and twisted. And Aquarius, <laughs> I'm a Gemini Mercury. I'm also mm-hmm. an Air Mercury. Like it's it's always about all these thoughts. There's a it's very intellectual. It's very but Aquarius. There's a focus on justice. There's mm. a focus on there's like a quirkiness to it. I think that's why her writing is so appealing to so many people because yeah. it's so specific in style. Yeah. Her Venus is in Pisces as well. <gasps> Mars in Gemini real as fuck she's just one of my favorite people ever but then me saying that isn't real because i don't know her Mm -hmm. i don't i don't have an actual relationship with her even though i feel like i do in a way that's very similar to taylor swift i listen to all of her albums i read her interviews i watch her interviews i follow her on social media she's been a part of my life for so long i feel like i know these people and yet i do not Mm-hmm. And they're very important to me in a way that really doesn't make sense if you think about it. But their work is important to me. Sally Rooney also talks about, like, isn't it, like, enough for me to just... Or the character, I guess. Um, is Alice. It, I, Alice is the one is who's the author. author. Alice, like, says, isn't it enough for me to, like, write two good books? Like, mm-hmm. why do people have to know about me as a human being? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why does what I write have to be the values of that be ascribed to me as a certain human being and why did the books that I like 
I have to align with what I think about the author as well. And the fact and, that Felix, the guy she is with in this mm-hmm. book, doesn't read her books is also pretty important, I think, to yeah. this novel. It's the fact that, like, she doesn't think that people are better or worse for reading or not reading. She doesn't really value mm-hmm. people in that way. And also, Felix has a real relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Where So why would he need to read her books? Mm-hmm. In yeah. Whereas I d- don't know. Sally. I don't know her. And, and the, and the yeah. audience of Alice's books don't know Alice. Yeah, so yeah. then th- that's the only relationship that they have with her. And they shouldn't have exactly. an opinion on her as a person. It, right. It makes sense because like for us, like most of our friends don't listen to this podcast. No. And, and it's really weird when... They, well, not weird, it, but it's, it's interesting like, when they do because they yeah. can then obviously they know who we are as people. They interact yeah. with us. We we have sleepovers. We yeah. make eat Literally. dinner together. You know what I mean? Jokes. So like they so they know us and they get to hear the snippet of us that we put out for other people who don't know us and who mm-hmm. only know us in in this aspect and all on the ways that we, you know, put ourselves out on like social media and stuff in the nature of, like who we are as like creators yeah. and who we are as like people, that I. I think it's so interesting to see when Sally Rooney is, when Rooney is examining in her work the way that people perceive you when you are a public figure in some Mm -hmm. way because you make something or you put something out into the world and that the constant balance of like being grateful for your success but also not really knowing why it's there and Mm -hmm. also feeling kind of overwhelmed by the way that people want to be attached to you as a person because the reality is is that (laughs) what did I say I was like reading Sally Rooney's books isn't enough like I need to be inside her mind yeah like that yeah that want that desire is what she's directly addressing and criticizing but it's true like i like i'm i was reading this and i was like but i need to talk to her but like that's <laughs> not the point like yeah. I, I like and obviously i enjoy just reading her books i'm not thinking about sally rooney the entire time when i'm yeah, yeah thinking yeah. it but when i but when there's like an email chapter that's really well written mm-hmm. or there's a piece of dialogue or just an observation that I think is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I want to know the mind in which that comes from. Mm-hmm. Because I think that what she's written is so good. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, what space of you is this coming from, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, like... It's only natural. I, I think yeah. so. And I think, like, it's also not that we are on Sally Rooney's level at all. But I think, mm-hmm. like, this podcast, like, we do talk like this in real life. We do joke like this with each other mm-hmm. in real life. And if you follow me on, like, Twitter or whatever, you probably have a good sense of my... A, a good idea of my sense of humor or something like that. I feel like we have aspects of ourselves that are out of this. Like, you wouldn't know us completely, even though it's not yeah. like and we're you, acting you or putting on a facade. You know what I mean? Like, you, you shouldn't know? know all of us. That's no. not... That's something that I think also that, you know, Rooney criticizes, like, with the age of the internet as well, people feel mm-hmm. sort of really entitled to yeah. every aspect of someone's life when... And their personal time and attention. Yeah. When in reality, it's like... We, you don't have a two-way relationship, even if you feel like you do with someone, mm-hmm. because the other thing about, like, us and also for other people who, like, make stuff that people, like, read or watch or consume in some way or the other is that if you know so much more about me than I know about you, I don't know anything about you except that you've read my book or whatever, but you know so much of me because you've you've read everything that I've put out, of course that puts you in a weird position mm-hmm. because how are you supposed to interact with someone who who feels like they know so much about you when mm-hmm. you have no clue who they are and you know i mean it must it, it must be really difficult and i think like even with like taylor swift and stuff how she has to you know meet and greet fans i was and gonna say with my like own experiences because i've gone to meet and greets because i used to yeah. go to vidcon and stuff like that 
And also, like, drag queens talk about this all the time. People feel very entitled to themselves. Or they feel, like, an intimacy. So they tell you, like, really intimate things within five seconds of meeting that person. Because to the fan, they've known them for 10 years, Mm -hmm, like, months, mm -hmm. like, in their darkest days or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then from the creator's aspect or the celebrity or whoever, like, you're a stranger. Like, they know nothing about you. Mm -hmm. And I I try to be as aware of that as, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I like your work, Mm -hmm. like stuff like that yeah but it's it is it is difficult you yeah. know yeah and it's a weird position to be in and mm-hmm. i think in our digital age like more and more people are being put in that position than ever before because previously and it I was think, just like, whoever with, like, was zoom conferences like imagine <clears throat> how many celeb like in the past two years the number of inside celebrity houses we've seen yeah versus like in interviews like yeah. ta- like seeing them see them talk about mm-hmm. their own personal lives in their own home that's a level of intimacy that i just don't think celebrities or creators were supposed to have with their audience and I think Sally Rooney like talks about that and I really enjoy watching her interviews not just because I'm a huge fan which of course I am Mm -hmm. but I feel like because and this could be because I'm biased because she's also a Marxist but I think because she's a Marxist she is very like aware and Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about what's actually happening the performance that she's supposed to be happening and because of that the way that she answers the questions that are asked of her i feel are very honest and very astute observations Mm -hmm. and the way that someone who is a celebrity but maybe isn't fully aware of what celebrity functions as or what that actually means Mm -hmm. cannot actually address Mm -hmm. what's happening Mm -hmm. in the way where i think taylor swift and sally rooney are very aware of what's happening that that's why they're because they've is so lived good. in a life. They've lived a life of uh, I don't know ambiguity, if that makes sense, but or yeah, they've lived a life of not being known, of mm-hmm. being not a Sally girl. more than Taylor. Yeah. Taylor yeah. got famous at sixteen years yeah. old, seventeen, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, Rooney definitely more yeah. so. And I, and I think it's so interesting because there's a interview that she had post conversations with friends right before normal people came out, but I think it was already written, where someone asks her, like, oh, what's it like writing, like, Marxist novels? And she was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know. Like, I don't know exactly what, what that, that means. means. And if I wouldn't know how to tell someone to do it. Like, I these are just the beliefs that I have, so why wouldn't my characters have them? You know, mm-hmm. like, if I'm a real person in the world and this is the way that me and my friends talk, why wouldn't my characters talk like this? And I think, as a Marxist, reading it, not a part of Sally Rooney's personal life, I find that she does write Marxist novels. I think the politics are sound, especially for being, like, from Ireland. Like, she talks about a very specific demographic and deals with very specific dynamics. I think, like, she does it, but the idea that from her perspective, maybe she doesn't or isn't aware that that's what she's doing, I think is so... In, in the way, it's kind of like how Mike and Russian Doll like, talks about politics because he He's thinks so that talking... Yeah, and he thinks that it makes him cool. Like, he just wants to, like, drop the buzzwords, mm-hmm. like, to seem like that guy at the yeah. party. Whereas Nadia, it's much more natural when she talks about, like, philosophical ideas and she can actually talk about them in a way that's appropriate to the situation mm-hmm. because she's internalized them. That's how I feel about Sally Rooney's politics, where because she's internalized them and I feel like she does believe them so strongly that the way that she integrates them into her writing feels very natural. Yeah. You said that Conversations with Friends is your favorite book. It is my favorite of hers. book. Yeah. And I, th- I think that also has to do with an age thing. The characters mm-hmm. in Beautiful World Where Are You are, are older. Are older. By like 10 years or yeah. more. Yeah. Which, which is not a slide. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they're... Uh, this book being your favorite makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. It's a very strong 
book, like... Yeah. And I've always consumed for me, and read media and enjoyed media that was marked for an age demographic at least five to ten years older than me. Oh, you know? same. Right. I mean, I was in middle school and Downton Abbey was very much no, my yeah, favorite for sure. show. Yes, no, like... And, like, Mad Men and, you know, all this other, other stuff. But I think um, just, like, the experience of reading it Whenever they'd mention that, like, Francis or Bobby was, like, literally the same age to me, I'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it, it hit a lot more, and I feel like because she's making the observations that someone my age would make, mm-hmm. it just, it felt much more like, yeah. I don't know. I read Conversations with Friends. Serendipitous, I guess. At least two years ago, mm-hmm. and I read Normal People at least three years ago at this mm-hmm. point. I haven't revisited them since. So my memory of them is a bit foggy. As you know, I have a trap of a mind, as, yeah, all, yeah, as yeah, our yeah. parents, as our yeah. friend's parents has said yeah. about me and regarding being able to remember names and plots of books. Or like, <laughs> if you had to turn your phone on airplane mode but still needed Goodreads, like, it's the way that I can remember... Almost, like, One every detail. year uh-huh. of, like, the movie. Like, if you give me a movie, I can be like, oh, yeah. this is when it came yeah. out, this is the director, and this is, like, what people said about it. Like, I'm movies, you're... Like, I'm letterbox airplane mode, you're Goodreads oh, airplane well. mode. No, because people but, will be like, oh, yeah, I don't remember what it's about. I don't remember the details or anything, mm-hmm. but... It featured this character. You'll remember like, everything but the character name. I really which is don't so funny the because names. I feel like for most people, they're like, oh, it had like this character or whatever. Uh-huh. And the plot will be foggy. Yeah. And they'll be like, the main character. The main character. I just the say main the main character. Mom. Every time. Like, I just say the main character. Like, girl, the I don't protagonist. Names. Like, That's it. But please. to get back to Sally Rooney, what were we talking about? I love conversation with friends. with friends. That's crazy that Francis and Bobby are our age. Right? And she gets involved with Nick. That's, that's fucked up. That and that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about sexual relationships that are yeah, fucked yeah, up yeah, yeah, and yeah. how they're represented in media. And, and she doesn't romanticize it in a way. I no. think like she addresses the way that it is romanticized. And also mm-hmm. like even in Beautiful World, where are you? When Eileen is and when Simon is like when Eileen is like I like it when you dominate me and tell me what to do. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, that's I don't want to do that. Of or a lot do of I want books. to do that? Yes. Because the same thing happens with Francis and Nick, where she kind of likes mm-hmm. the, he's not interested in the same yeah way. and yeah. when they have sex it's like secrets and and but she also like struggles with that yeah th- that she likes to idea. be the illicit affair mm-hmm. yeah but then it's also like yeah but like, then that means that we're doomed up. from right the so and then marion and connell obviously had the thing especially when they're adults after marion's abusive relationship mm-hmm. and her and connell have sex again and that like, Connell doesn't want to be violent or doesn't want to choke her, you know, during mm-hmm. sex and having to deal with that. And then that comes up with Beautiful World, Where Are You Again? And I think, like, that's hashtag real. That's like, real that's, as fuck. That's real Literally real AF. as fuck. How do you contend, and she does this, right? She's like, mm-hmm. how do you contend with desire mm-hmm. as a person when you know that this desire is it's, is coming from a place that you can't even begin it's to like parse out. Pre, like predetermined that this mm-hmm. is what you would want based off of the way that the world around you works, the way that you have been like socialized. And Literally, how you grew- like because we so how do you know, we what know is your why Marianne and Connell don't mm-hmm. communicate? 
We see how they grew up. We mm -hmm. know why they have a strange relationship from the get. It's mm -hmm. because of their high school dynamic and like what it was like growing up in their small town, mm -hmm. and that has a has a print on the on the rest of their lives and the way that they interact. And with their each other. individual relationships with their mothers, mm -hmm. and then how that affects like, affects like how they interact them. with people yeah. and what social dynamics that they get involved in, like you know the mental health issues that they face and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Talk specifically about Beautiful World. What are you? For me, the strongest points were when it was Alice and Eileen their emails or them talking I think one of the reasons why this isn't my favorite book is because I don't like the men in mm -hmm. this book as much now that we're supposed to but like not in the way that I liked reading like Connell's perspective yeah. Connell's or a great character an amazing character mm -hmm. and even Nick because he's so passive and all the other women around him are so dominant including his wife Marissa girl I don't know Nick's wife and Francis and Bobby, I found them really interesting. And then throwing Nick into the dynamic, I thought made him just to, uh, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, mm -hmm. you're the adult man in this situation. What are you going to do? I thought he was more interesting. I found Simon and Felix more towards the end. It just took longer. For I you guess. to, like, like them? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it took a bit longer for me to, like, really get into Beautiful World Where Are You and feel the stakes of the characters. Whereas within the first 100 pages or less of conversations with friends, I was invested. I invested pretty quickly into normal people. Mostly after they finished high school. But that's me. But then the emails, I loved those chapters. Those were, if I could, like, change whatever the ratio is of, like, emails to non-email pages, I would love that. And it, it's all, it might be because I felt like it was kind of reflective of how we talk to each other. No, or 100%. The long, like, basically. The long-winded essays yeah, about like, random shit. Essay, like, and your minute observations. Like, what is beauty? Why is, you know, like, like I we'll love that like, shit. Like, memes or whatever, or, uh -huh. like, not having to, where, like, the first text of the timestamp is, like, this long no, really? ass, like, yeah. I was, like, cleaning, doing laundry, and doing my homework. And then I had this idea. And, yes. like, you know, we, yes. we talk like this as much as we joke and talk about family and uh -huh. groceries or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so I felt like uh, it was just nice to see that friendship dynamic and especially mm -hmm. because they're long distance so it's all on emails yes like, yes yes I love a close female friendship of the best friendship oh. and yeah, as adults and mm -hmm. then it's like long distance but like mm -hmm. also at the end of the novel they sort of contend with like well why is it long distance yeah. Why do you not feel like, and so much of it is like, do I like you more than you like me? Do you like me more than I like you? Ugh, and I that always plagues feel my like, mind constantly. I feel like I love you so much more than you love me, but you're not yeah. expressing it. But you, but you, like that but is I the do, crux but then no, but then of Felix it, but then and Alice's relationship yeah. that makes it oh, so juicy. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I, I, does he like her more? Does he even like her? Does she like him? Ah, Like I'm like rubbing my hands maniacally, like thinking about it. When we finished it, it was we like sighed and just looked at each other <laughs> like, the ending I feel like the ending is so much more happier. optimistic yeah. than her other two novels 100% than the other ones which I feel like Beautiful World or Are You regardless of what you think about it regardless of whether it's your favorite is so necessary within her mm -hmm. What's it? What's a writer's like discography? Yeah, I was like, I was like in Sally Rooney's filmography. I'm like, wait, that's not the word. Help! Like just her, like her work, her, her collection. collection. Like, damn, I wish Ireland was real. Right, 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 <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like it, like she just makes this world. But because it's real, I'm like, and I relate to these people, or like they say things that I've said or that we've said. I'm like, this feels like a complete universe, but also like in real life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, like, she just marries the both so beautifully. 
in a way that for me, it when I look to books, that's what I want to read. In the same way that when I look to television, I want to watch Fleabag and Russian Doll. When I go to music for lyricism, you know, or storytelling in that medium, I look for Taylor Swift and Mitski and people like that. And that's not to say that I don't like Fortune Favors the Dead and The Telegraph Club and mm-hmm. reading those kind of books. And that doesn't mean that I, you know, I still watch RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. just because there's, I, I think watch there's That's why things, there's a difference you know? between genre fiction and literary fiction. Yeah. And that's why I think it is... I think Sally Rooney will be studied. Like, her legacy will live on for a very, very long time. 100%. 100%. Sally Rooney's characters are so real for being addicted to cigarettes. Oh, that (laughs) Her work is so Irish. That's why we need to go to Ireland. That's why you should join Mm -hmm. our Patreon. And you can view us sitting in Sunny's room in front of the lesbian flag that Resonance got me for my birthday. Woo! So, yeah. Anyways. And Ireland... You know, it might be under oppressive colonization and gloomy and rain every day, but y'all have great writers. That part. Like, that part. great, bad food, great writers. <laughs> um, James Joyce, Alisa McGee. Like, exactly. <laughs> James Joyce with me, Sally Rooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, bays. And the way that, I think there's something about being trapped inside, surrounded by gray, that really makes you think about the nature of life. <laughs> No, literally. And what, what does it why, mean to be that's alive and have dynamics? That's why Mary wrote Frankenstein. Like. like, it's... People say, like, that's why people from, like, the UK and places where it rains have, like, such great writers. Because, like... What, what else, else are you gonna do? What else the fuck are you gonna, gonna do, do besides sit and think with your thoughts and then write them down? Um, especially before, like, technology and all that stuff. It's, like, they, they just got... They just get it. And there's something about... I'm not from Ireland, never have been, not even a layover. So, it, but it feels so close and so real and so accurate for me having virtually nothing in common with these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And either... I don't know if it was on the podcast or, believe it or not, I do talk about books non-podcast related. But someone was complaining about how Sally Rooney doesn't use quotation marks my least favorite Sally Rooney complaint ever. But it's like... The characters just don't communicate. Bitch! Do you communicate? (laughs) No, that part. It's realism and it it portrays the the reality of of your thought. thought Your speech. speech Your your self And the reality is is that what you think, what you say, and who you are are all the same thing. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, right, right. Like this false division of the mm-hmm. quotation mark it separates. it's not necessary mm-hmm. and i think she and within her book that. like it, it and it's also quite simple to follow Understand. like it's not that it's making it more complicated than it needs to be or anything like that mm-hmm. when people talk about you know i had to read two william faulkner books in high school uh my junior and senior year and i remember thinking man oh man was punctuation and grammar created for a reason. But, you know, that's not to say that he shouldn't be taught or, you know, he shouldn't be read or anything, but it's, like, reading Sally Rooney in terms of, like, following the timeline or who's speaking is not as complicated as reading, like, um... I can't remember one of the book's names, but... Mm -hmm. Fuck. Now the sister's gonna bother me. The Sound and the Fury. I read The Sound and the Fury, and As I, As I Lay Dying is the one with, mm-hmm. the, with the mom. Mm-hmm. Anyways, keeping track of the perspective in those books, especially when they change who's speaking in which chapter, way more complicated than Sally Rooney. I think another reason, this might be simplistic on my part as to why I like conversations with friends over 
beautiful world, where are you? Is that conversation with friends is only from Francis's perspective. Mm. And I just kind of like that feeling of through lineness. Like, you just spend more time because the time that you spend with in Beautiful World, where are you? It's divided up between multiple characters. So, yeah, you I mean, literally spend less you time. You kind of see mind, the progression in but... her books because conversations with friends, one perspective, normal people, two alternating perspectives. Beautiful World, are you like four? And she plays with form and style in every one mm-hmm. of these books in in different ways, I think. And it gets a little bit more convoluted each time, which mm-hmm. I think is like so interesting to see in the continuation of her writing and her mm-hmm. work and like I think she needs to be considered in her whole capacity mm-hmm. in a way that people are not really willing to extend grace to because she's a woman I mean similar to Taylor Swift like yeah. she's there they get womaned all the time and I think Rain Quan Fisher tweeted this like getting womaned is when everyone just decides that they don't like a woman like everyone one day wakes up and Dead says, it. "We don't like this. We don't like this woman." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like they've both gone gotten womaned yeah well, many times over yeah. their careers. And but, uh, but regardless, so they're good. still brilliant. They're still brilliant. They're still making great art that lots of people enjoy and is critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. So now what? Now what? Like so the, the cultural relevancy of her work is so undeniable because Sally Rooney's books it's taken have like almost single handedly has become like or her created name a has, genre yeah. almost it's like it's it's attributed to a genre like mm-hmm. for fans of Sally Rooney like it is sort of the blur of mm-hmm. a lot of books and it's like okay girl you know what I mean like she is the blueprint and. You gotta respect it, bro. Like I, just, I love creators who carve out. Their yeah, and also space. like I think the way that people conceptualize her as like a sad girl or you know a sad girl writer, yeah, is also pretty simplistic because I agree. I don't think that's true. I think her books are full of joy and love, mm-hmm. and she is very celebratory of like humanity in her criticisms of it and mm-hmm. in the tenderness that she and that's the whole point of presents or are you it's exactly like we are literally in the imperial core because yeah. they're in ireland in the uk in england they're white mm-hmm. you know and especially with alice and you know the wealth that she has and the money mm-hmm. she's making has to contend with that but then at the end of the day the beauty that she finds is with her relationships with her friends mm-hmm. the nature the things that the experiences mm-hmm. that she gets to have. And same with Eileen, you know. Mm-hmm. And the conversations that she have with Felix mm-hmm. really explore this because Felix does not have money. He mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. And he kind of feels like this split identity. Like the identity mm-hmm. that he is when he's at the warehouse mm-hmm. and the identity that he is when he's with Alice are like two different people. And he talks about this explicitly. And I think that's true because what we do because of capitalism and what we do because we love other humans mm-hmm. are two different things. And when you live under capitalism, you have to deal with that dichotomy because the work that you're producing, the labor that you're doing is not out of love. It's not for humanity. Alice struggles with writing a novel in this yeah. book as well. And we see... Which is so interesting because Alice in the book, has written two novels. And And one of them has gotten a really famous adaptation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she's struggling with writing the third book Mm -hmm, while we, mm -hmm. the reader, are reading Sally Rooney's third Mm -hmm. book after the adaption of Normal People and the freshly released Conversations with Friends. And that's the thing, is like, I feel like when we're, or what I said about Carolina, where Taylor Swift will say, I'm gay, but then everything else is convoluted and layered. Mm -hmm. I feel like Sally Rooney is telling me so many truths about herself, but because it's in a fictional book, because she's an author, because she directly talks about people shouldn't see my work as a reflection of me as a person, Mm -hmm. then makes me question and makes Mm -hmm. the reader question, Mm -hmm. is this Sally Rooney It's complicated. It's just complicated. Mm -hmm. I also think the way that both 
of them. And are. the same thing with Fleabag as well, mm-hmm. which all of these people like these women are so low key about their queerness, but it's so obvious as well yeah. in their work. Yeah, like it's you you can just see the the print of being someone who is critical of heteropatriarchy but mm-hmm. participates in it because mm-hmm. you have to. Right, like in Italian, which Rudy is real as hell, is also critical of capitalism and the publishing industry, which is what she talks about at length in Beautiful World. Mm-hmm. Who are you? But she participates in it. She is a part of it, mm-hmm. and like that's something that we all as and people she talks have about to it in normal with. people too. And like when Connell is going to these literary events and being mm-hmm. like, these rich people are writing books for other rich people to sit around and compliment other rich people. Like people just have the books on their shelves, not because they read mm-hmm. them, but but to be the person who owns that book. Mm-hmm. Whereas Connell has actually read them, internalized them, mm-hmm. has actual thoughts about them them, but isn't in these spaces but it's a status symbol for so many other people Mm -hmm. exactly um and i think like even nowadays there's it's almost instead of just a class symbol there's like a status symbol or or like a caricature as we created through the internet Mm -hmm. of unlikable unlikable female characters or whatever that still pigeonholes people Mm -hmm. into these like strictly marked off identities and categories that these people are fundamentally rebelling against in their work. Mm -hmm. I also think in Beautiful World, Where Are You, when she talks about how, okay, the world is crumbling around us. Everything is going to shit. You feel powerless in the face of it. And yet people can't, people can't stop loving each other. People can't Mm -hmm. stop writing to each other and and finding beauty and and like why is so much of art about people's relationships to each other and it's so beautiful she 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 directly addresses this it's so beautiful that despite a crumbling world we still have so much love for other people and we still make art for other people like mm-hmm. that, that and if that's not a communist i don't I know, know what that makes me so emotional because mm-hmm. it's like that's true like what ties us together is the fact that we have so much love for people we have so much love for each other as human beings and in our relationships with others and what we create the fact that people no matter what's going on in the world every people what they what people worry about is their kids and their parents and who who of their friends are hooking up with who and whether your friend likes you or not yeah. that's what preoccupies your mind as a person yeah. at the end of the day as it should because you are a person and that's what people do that's what makes us humans like we we, we care and we worry about these things that when at large so many th- greater things are going on in the world that mm-hmm. we probably should be caring more about. But what we do focus on are these little things, are the things that make and up our, our own lives. Our friends, our lovers, etc. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we focus on. And so even criticisms of people like, of Taylor Swift, like, oh, all she writes about is like breakups and like love and whatever. But what more, what else is there in the world to think about? What mm-hmm. what is pe- What are people most likely thinking about? at any given point their relationships to other people mm-hmm. because that is what determines a lot of people's lives and that's actually fundamentally the reason why you should be a communist and you you you're a communist because you're a marxist because you, you be care com- about other yeah. people you want people to thrive you want people to be free like that that's that's the whole point and i think like that has to be the root of it if i mm-hmm, feel like mm-hmm. if your communism revolutionary or, love che guevara you know yeah right. it isn't coming for the love of other people mm-hmm. first then mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to think that hating landlords is edgy or yeah. fuck jeff bezos yeah. or whatever yeah but if it's if you don't actually care, care about, about children people. you yeah. know if you don't actually care about community especially on a real local way the people that you see, the people that you have relationships with, then it's not... What does it really matter? What's that going to do? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, like, shit's going to get hard. People Mm -hmm. are going to need to do hard jobs. Mm -hmm. Very demanding jobs. Like, a revolution is going to be very demanding. 
what else can motivate someone more than love of humanity? Mm-hmm, Every mm-hmm. everything else will burn out. Mm-hmm. Things will become well that Men seems institutions worth it. will be obsolete. Yes. And as they should be. And things will wither away. Mm-hmm. But at the core of it is because we want to get to this place in which we can relate to each other as human mm-hmm. beings. Brotherly with, love. Without this without the things that separate us, such as class mm-hmm. and race and gender, etc. Mm-hmm. We you know, and I think Sally Rooney taps into that explicitly and, that and core, pulls that, that out in Beautiful World Where Are You, which I find so emotional, which is why mm-hmm. I think the beautiful optimism of the last few chapters just like makes me cry mm-hmm. and like it makes me so emotional. The ending punches up the entire novel mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me in the way that like even though I was like, okay, like it took me a little bit longer to get fully invested in the characters because also of the split perspective by the end of the novel the like I feel so happy and I have so Mm -hmm. much hope Mm -hmm. and I feel so fulfilled and complete with finishing it in a way that even you know once you get to the end of other stories I just feel like Sally Rooney just has this beautiful way of Mm -hmm. putting it all together and that's not Mm -hmm. to say that the ending for conversations with friends or normal people feels incomplete or doesn't feel appropriate for the works that they are. Because the thing about good writers, which Sunny and I talk about a lot, is that it's not always the identity of the writer. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a man making a lesbian movie, if you're a good writer, if you're a good director, it's gonna be good, mm-hmm, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. With Sally Rooney, is like, each of these novels, even if you, like, took out her as, like, a celebrity author out of it, Conversations with Friends is a good book, mm-hmm. is a good novel. Mm-hmm. Normal People is a good book, a good mm-hmm. novel. And same with Beautiful World Where Are You. So within their own universes, very good. Mm-hmm. But then all together, amazing. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, listening to Sally Rooney's interviews, reading her other work, also being a Marxist, like mm-hmm. all these other things only heighten it. Like there's so many ways to enjoy it in the same way that you can be a kid and listen to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You can be a grown adult. You can mm-hmm. be an English, like, professor like mm-hmm. you, like, you can be you can, gay and you can be gay as like gay. you can be yeah. like walking in like target or h&m and like, like <laughs> this sounds like gay. h&m music exactly or you can be like sobbing in your room hanging out with, like the, yeah. like you can be reading the lyrics and yeah. annotating like books worth of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know taylor swift lyrics or you can just like scream the chorus of like our song and yeah. love story and stuff like that like it's just uh. yeah. and the same way that like you know like fleabag like it's funny and there are moments that like get memed like oh i look like a pencil and stuff like that and everyone's like oh yeah like no yeah, it's yeah, chic yeah. or whatever and then it's like i don't know where to put all my love for her because my mom died yeah. like yeah yeah oof, like oof. Oof, like i love you it'll pass oh oof, yeah, you know yeah, 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 like yeah. i i i love i i love being stuck in my mother's and grandmother's bodies i love <laughs> having complicated relationships I love, <laughs> I want, and I what else is life what else is there to life the fact that we are both like man-hating com- like lesbians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Sally Rooney is one of our favorite authors who all of the main relationships are, are with men yeah like heterosexual and and cis she's writing what she knows and because she talks about the essence of human relations mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that is what that is what unifies everyone mm-hmm, like regardless mm-hmm. of sexuality mm-hmm. human like the essence of human and that's relations. why we hate first kill oh <sighs> Yeah. yeah. And that that's why, like, identity or, like, representation politics, like, is lame. I was like, oh, yeah. support this show because there are gay people. But you're not talking about the essence of human yeah. relationships. Girl, you're I don't even support all gay people. Like, the fuck? That part. Please? That part. So it's like, I, like, I would 100% rather say that any Sally Rooney book is my favorite book mm-hmm. than any bad gay book. 
book or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? If queer just means good and cool, because that's how y'all use it, then Saturday's books are queer as fuck. Yeah. Please. But honestly, some of them are. Like, right. Conversation with Friends with it's Bobby and Francis. It's about, yeah, Bobby and Francis's female, Lesbian, close female friendship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oscillating, blurry boundary. Yeah, AF. yeah, yeah. Getting involved with the woman, but then being like, never mind, getting involved with the man. Being like, it's a secret though. Like, ah. ah. Those are our thoughts on on Miss Sally. Sally. If you want to come on the Lavender Men, <laughs> you are more you're welcome. than welcome. You're, wel- you're more than welcome. We, and we can have like normal, like I promise, I promise we'll be normal. I promise we'll like, be we'll, normal. Like, like if we promise you that we only talk about like work and professional things <laughs> and are normal, like will you please come will on the you podcast? Please? Please? Pretty please. please. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, everyone said this to her, but in a normal quantity way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, anyways. Yeah. Recommendation time. Recommendation time. Okay, well, I already talked to you about this book today because, again, we are friends and we do talk about things. Um, <laughs> I literally went into the room and was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to recommend this. Oh my goodness, I was like, this is the craziest shit just literally, happened. Literally, like, book that slammed open the door, sat <laughs> on the bed, and was like, so this is what's happening. No, literally. And whenever a book is, like, getting... That's how I know a book is good is when I have to be, like, pause, pause, pause. I gotta tell someone about this. I gotta tell Renaissance the whole Real, plot yeah. of this. Real. And, yeah, anyway. So the book that I want to recommend, I'm nearly done with it. It's called Like a House on Fire by Lauren McBrayer. This book is a recent release from April of this year. And it is about a middle-aged mother who has been married to her husband for a while. She has two young children and she's just, at the beginning of the book, she just starts to get back into being a working mom after she ran an art gallery that failed because she has like multiple degrees, advanced degrees at like Ivy Leagues in like arts and whatever. So she ends up wanting to work at an architecture firm and the her boss at the architecture firm who hires her is this woman named Jane, who is Danish, I believe. And she is like an architectural like icon and they live in san francisco it's a very san francisco based novel basically we see our main character's frustration with being a mother and like this sort of gender dynamic of my husband gets to do like the fun things i have to do the hard work why is he never the one putting the dishes away why is he never the one getting the groceries and picking up the kids why do i have to do this which is like that's the reality of so many women in the world like so many people right that gender division of labor in the household Mm. but because she's also a working mom at that point, throughout the course of the novel. But then we see her get into an affair with Jane, but neither of them Ooh. think that they're, like, gay. Um, it's the, They are just very much, like, in love with each other because Jane is, like, 20 years older than her. So it's, like, mm. a 40 years old, 60 year old sort mm-hmm. of, like, relationship. And, you know, you love MILFs, so there you go. And <laughs> they, like, they just have an incredibly close bond. Like, they are such good friends. Like, first is boss and worker then like kind of co-workers but they're they're such good friends and then they start having an affair and it's like messy and it's complicated it's about mm-hmm. motherhood it's like it's a really solid this sounds like everything novel. that i love um <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm a little bit messy in that in you love stories, adultery i do love adultery i love an illicit affair it's yeah, true yeah oh so yeah that's my yeah. recommendation lauren mcbrayer i don't know if she's read i don't know if she's written other books let's see Anyway, what's your recommendation? My recommendation is an hour-long stand-up special on Netflix. Tignataro, Happy to Be Here. And it's one of, not like a, I think it is a comeback 
special. Or it's her first special, like, after, I think, Oh, wait, okay. Years. This book is the debut debut novel as well. It's, like, her first oh, okay. book. Which is crazy, because it's really good. Anyway, continue. Tig Notaro. Tig Notaro, happy to be here. Tig Notaro is a lesbian stand-up comedian who mm-hmm. is quite popular. But she has a really dry delivery. Like, her, it's kind of like an anti-comedy thing, because she sometimes there's no punchline mm-hmm. and like that's the joke but she is pretty popular in terms of um she does like Where 10 she minute from? sets she's american okay i do not know but she's a lesbian she has two twin boys i think with her wife stephanie who also like works in tv and film but it's just a really good set and she talks about being a lesbian she identifies as a woman and uses she her pronouns but gets like misgendered as yeah, a man butch. a lot yeah and she has a documentary called tig this isn't part of the recommendation but it follows her journey because she got breast cancer and so she had a double mastectomy and so now she has like a flat chest mm-hmm. and so her being seen as like a man has gone mm-hmm. up exponentially mm-hmm. since then and she makes jokes about it and she makes jokes about her kids like not knowing that women, like, are supposed to have boobs and stuff like that. You know, like, things like that. That uh, child observations. So it's kind of, like, observational, very dry humor like Mm -hmm. that. But, again, from a lesbian perspective. which I I just think there's just something in the brain about being a lesbian that makes your observations a little bit more keen, a little bit more funny. Right, right, right. So she's just a, a, a a good person. And it's one of my comfort specials i go back and rewatch it so mm-hmm. cool that's my recommendation i'm a little bit dry on the recommendations i'm not gonna lie yeah we've been watching a lot of things together mm-hmm. and i've been doing a lot of rewatches yes recently. lots of rewatching. but yeah that's our episode for today i hope you enjoyed uh you know the state of the world is kind of awful but i hope we bring this, you joy yeah i hope i hope this was a little nugget yeah yeah and subscribe to our patreon if you want to because we have Please. bonus content and you can see our lovely faces in our video in this video since we're in the same room and we can record Ooh. so crazy mm-hmm. wild so crazy and wild wild af yeah but yeah bye bye